Right. Looks <laughs> like we're recording. It's all going well, I believe. All right. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. We're recording. Yeah. It's all like lights on. Time's running. Yeah, we're recording on this end. But um, to be honest with you, I will tell you whether it's gone well afterwards. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I listened to last week's show. You yeah. wouldn't know that you'd had to do some filling in. I haven't in. listened to it yet. Let's get ready to rumble. Now, let's kick this thing off. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema, watches films, stays at home on the couch, watches films, rates them all out of five and tells you which one is better, well, which one is the better bang for your buck this week, where are you better off spending your money. And this is the podcast that also realizes this week that three is the magic number. Because after last week, <laughs> we had superfan Nina, who got to just said, it was a good show, but you know what? I do miss Sharon. So Sharon. No, bless. <laughs> Sharon, how are hey. you? <laughs> Sharon, welcome back. Welcome back on the podcast. How are you? Oh, doing? thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. I've had time to get home, get clean, get you know, fed and have a drink. And so I'm perfectly fit for the show this evening. Whereas last week I was, I had none of those things ready by, by the time we sort of go on air. All right. So yes, it's been a better week this week for uh, fitting everything in. Uh, but you did have my um, written presence oh yes oh good lord which i heard i heard (laughs) you know what i reckon right you know how you know how people say that on like nowadays with twitter and everything like that people are a lot meaner on twitter than they would ever be in person i think yeah i think think the same applies here that you are a lot meaner to to that film (laughs) when you were writing than i reckon you would have been if you were sat here (laughs) well i think you tend to be more concise so i was thinking okay i've got i could rant about this film but let's just distill this into two or three paragraphs so that you could read it without getting bored so i was like i'm gonna distill my I, rage I, I, into yeah, two you were easy rage. sentences you were raging all right i could see in your face i don't think i've ever seen you like that before no i, I was that, you, i you did not, really, like, really that did not like that movie at all, i did, did not you? The whole premise of it, you know, the whole, mm. what can we do to make John Rambo really upset? I know, let's just sexually torture his niece. Yeah. It was all about him. Oh, don't get me started. Don't stop me. No, okay. Anyway, yeah. I, I haven't reviewed my score. I'm still only going to give it one star. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but uh, uh, if it's any consolation, <laughs> it seems like most of the world agreed with you, Sharon. Um, oh, did they? <laughs> yes, yes. And also, okay, so I spoke about Superfan Nina, who is the unofficial fourth host of this show pretty much because yeah. she's like she's pretty much here every week uh, with us in spirit and also oh, yes in the past there was a there was a time when sharon there were a couple of shows that we did and it was just the two of us and she yes. said she said oh you know what that was really really good but you know what i do miss sean so hey sean how are you doing hi, <laughs> hi thanks guys hi everyone how are you today and Do- thank you for that <laughs> well, you see, now this is the thing. I just think that it's one of those things. It's like three is the magic number. It takes the three of us to put. Actually, what I need to figure out is what happens if we took one of us but replaced that one with somebody else. Huh? Oh. Mm. Oh. Okay. You see, now because the two of you are actually in the same place on the Isle of Wight, you could very easily yes. do this without me. You could just pull in a third person, do something, <laughs> and figure out. Oh, we see. That's who was holding us back this entire time. It was him. We couldn't. We couldn't do this. We're not that. You, we're not Tozy. that sort of people, Tozy. You should know that. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally know that. That's why. I, that's why I rest assured. That's why we, I don't. We would. Sure, we would never cut you adrift. Yeah, I know. That's why I You're, don't try yeah. harder. 
That's why I do not no, try hard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're the sun. We're just your satellites. <laughs> We're just... We just roll, we just orbit around you, Toes. Sharon, you see, I, I think writing that review last week has released something in you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's released something in you. Like, oh yes, prose. It's been in me the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I try to conceal it. <laughs> okay, have you guys got the headphones in? Because I can hear myself. No. Yes, we've definitely got them in. Okay. All right. Okay, it's better now because I was I was hearing myself echoing back for a second. Oh, that was just for a second moment there. <laughs> okay, Hello? Cool. Hello? Oh, you're there? Yes. Oh, there's your little face. No, your little face has come on the phone, and I thought it had been a big smiley face with your peaky blinders cap. Well, yes. A couple of razor blades, I see. With a, yeah, peaky. That, uh, that was, that, that's my WhatsApp picture. Uh, that was, I took that on the set of a show called The, the Last Dragon Slayer or something like that. Yeah. Oh, right. wow. Okay. It was some Christmas thing. Um, it was some Christmas thing on Sky One about two years ago. Yes, I know it. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, yeah. And I sat around on set for the whole day and never got filmed. But hey. That oh. Was... <laughs> but it hey, happens. It happens. That's that's showbiz for you. That is the glamour, but at least you do get paid. But I was going to say, sh- sh- sorry, Toast, about in there. Sharon, do you ever look at the extras now more? I do every time. I do glance my yeah, eyes glance across about them now. And think, oh, yeah. who's that lady there walking past, or looking in the shop window, or whatever? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's quite quite funny, really. Well, is that, is that yeah. is that what ever since I started doing my my extras, my extras I guess adventures? So. Yeah. yeah, you guys are like, oh, we might see somebody we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or just you because you're the only extra we know. Well, I know another one, but yeah, you're the main <laughs> extra we know. <laughs> Okay, all right, cool. So, now, I don't know about you, but I'm sat up here in the Midlands. I'm sat up here in my outdoor coat. I've got, like, really, really furry slippers on, refusing, straight up refusing to turn the heating on. I don't know what it's like down on the island, which is, of course, the sunniest place in the UK. What what is it like? It's cooling down. It's definitely cooling cooling down. down. Yeah, definitely colder. I'm definitely into my long trousers now for work, and I have got my one-up hoodie on i have my very thin hoodie for the summer and then i've got one up before i start hitting coat territory mm. so i'm in my like warmer hoodie right. for work so you know I, that i it's will start on the under under vest i'll start yeah. on my old man vests really soon yes <laughs> <laughs> my old man white vests you know and then yeah. sometimes when i get up and i've got the white vest and i feel like molon brando in um because, uh, a streetcar named desire you know what i mean i think oh perhaps i don't look so bad maybe if i beeped up a bit you know yeah. i could be that molon brando <laughs> and your wife beater as the americans oh no call them, no, no no that's true no, yeah wife, yeah to... that's it no that's what the, yeah wife they call them wife show. beaters don't wife, that's right yeah, yeah wife beaters you know, they you know the ones i mean don't you with the white the white yeah yeah just, i prefer yes. like a diehard to yeah. um best <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might yeah. have to get one of those well, holy ones. You know, that, that, you know ones with all the, the string crochet. Vest. String vests. Oh, the string vest. Yeah, yeah, the string vest. I don't know if they're any good. Yeah. I, yeah, that, I've never like... worn vests up until about last year. <laughs> that's that's like Rab C. Nesbitt. Yeah, that that's is, him. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, right. On with the show. Yeah, well, yeah, on with the show. But before we, before we start proper, I just have to say something. And this is something that I am actually really, really, I'm, I'm kind of weirdly, weirdly proud of. Because the show last week, um, I, I remember after we finished recording it, uh, I, I took the card out of the recording machine, put it in, and I remember sending a message to you guys going, oh my god, I can't believe this, that I had somehow, through a quirk of technology, I had recorded everything that Sean had said, and nothing that I had said. 
So, <laughs> so essentially, I had this whole track of just Sean talking and responding to things I had said, but which, which I couldn't hear. So I had like about two days because we recorded it on a Wednesday last week and was and we usually released the podcast on a Friday. And I had two days of sitting down and essentially playing Sean and listening to, <laughs> listening to everything Sean said and then going back and saying what I think I said. <laughs> say what I thought I said. So there was a bit where I was just playing Sean and then having a conversation with a Sean that wasn't there. It was <laughs> it was really surreal. Good, ex- good experience. Good experience for another time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But it sounded good. I listened to the show. It sounded good. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. For and so far, we haven't had anybody who's gotten in touch and said, "Oh my god, what the heck?" That sounds like so so weird. And. But uh, yeah, so that's that's just I was just really I was just I just I'll let the cat out of the bag. If anybody listened to last week's episode, haha, fooled you. But I, I think I think you might still have fi- figured something was weird. But we're going to carry on with the show. And first up, we're going to have an also rants, and we have a little bit of a record because this is the first time we've have a f- we have a film that has shown up twice on our also rants section, and that film is. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. So quickly, Sharon, you went, yes. you went to see it. Yes. You, and you've heard I went what to Sean see it said last week. week. Yes, I heard Sean's review. So, um, yeah, I think it was an okay film. It felt like an extended episode of the television series. Yep. And I I didn't, I hadn't watched, I'd only watched the first two or three, possibly three seasons of the show. So I had no idea what, how the characters had evolved and what had happened to them. So it was interesting trying to work out what had happened to to whom yep and but the story itself was quite a simple story the visit of the king and then all these sort of side issues but so yeah it was if you're a fan of the show i bet you'd loved it if you were like a casual viewer like me it was entertaining enough for an hour and a half i couldn't have stand it if it gone much longer than that but it was <laughs> it was what it was i mean you know nice dresses some swooshy dancing and not much tension so it was yeah it was it is what it is it was fine and i'd give it a three all right, cool, good. So you and Sean are in agreement there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did because I didn't know nothing about, it, and it was there's, no. Ca- I didn't find myself getting. There's nothing offensive. No. I know one of my friends was thought where they'd had sort of scenes of homosexual life in sort of the 1920s in York, how they had like this underground club. She said she felt that was a little bit of a distraction to the story because it was like suddenly yeah. it was like a side. It should have been more of an issue, but it was treated it was, like a side story. It was more like some, some American speakeasy place, wasn't it? Did yeah. you think rather than... A, well, yes, yeah. it, I didn't recognise it as anything no. sort of British really, but it was a bit of a side. And she said that was a bit distracting because it either should have been more of it or it shouldn't have been in there at all. So... Um, that was the only sort of quibble one of my friends had. But on the whole, I thought, yeah, there's nothing to offend anyone. Did you like in the it. plumber? That's all I want to know. The plumber? Or the plumber, the guy that comes Oh, yeah, in. he was just a smiley bloke, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was all right. Because like, I went to see it with with a, a couple of people, and I asked yeah. them. Well, in fact, there was three three girls, and I asked them, and they all said that the. Well, two of them said the plumber, and the other one said. The footman? Yeah, something like that. Of the two, I would have gone with the plumber. Oh, well, there you go, see. Yeah. Plumber, he's only in it for like a little... little if I had little. a choice between the footman and the plumber, I would have gone for the plumber. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay, thanks. He's probably good with his hands. <laughs> okay. Okay. But let's not go there. Yeah, let's is... not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> the, 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 the this, this is beginning to sound a little bit like... I knew like I should have, so I knew I have, I knew I have so... done a different, different career. <laughs> No, only joking. Let's go. It's beginning. This is beginning to sound like some sort of weird Downton Abbey fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's not go there. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that was my Downton review, and also ran. And yes, it's okay. All right. Cool. So okay for the Downton Abbey movie. Yes. All right. 
And now we're going to get onto a round. So this week we have four rounds, so we're going to try and move through them quickly. And so the first round we're going to start off with in the cinema corner. Representing cinema, it is Ad Astra. Now, Sharon, I believe this is the only film this week that you have seen, well, besides Downton Abbey. Yes, this is my cinema trip. I haven't really had much time to do any other television or anything viewing. You know, Sharon, you, at keep, all, actually. you keep making Sean and I look really, really bad. You make it look like you have a life and there's things that you can do out. <laughs> yeah, that, like, you know, that, that, you know, you have other things and other things going on in your life. And Sean and I have nothing but the unrequited love of the screens that we gave. Of at. the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yes, I'm lucky if I can catch one episode of Forged in Fire. I mean, that's, yeah, but I'm really lucky. So, yes, it's, I just managed the two trips to the cinema this week. That was part of my, yeah. Okay, all right, okay, so fine. So, Ad Astra but- was my thing. Stop showing off of the fact that you have a life. (laughs) Okay, I've started the seven-minute timer now, so can you quickly tell us what Ad Astra is about? Ad Astra is about an astronaut. His name is Roy McBride, and he is played by Brad Pitt. He is the son of an astronautical, if that's the right word, legend, who is played, his father, who is played by Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. And he is this sort of, legend um, Mr. Cliff, Dr. Clifford McBride and Clifford McBride 20 years prior to the start of this film had gone off into space into a deep space exploration on a mission to find intelligent life anywhere in the galaxy their aim is to look through all of the solar system and then eventually to look beyond to see if there's any life within our solar system and then beyond the solar system and he's basically last heard of he sort of disappeared in the area of <coughs> Neptune. So in the far, as far as we're concerned, the far reaches of space. Now yeah. This film is set in the future where space travel is obviously much accelerated. Because yeah. at one point they go from the moon to Mars in something like 19 days. Yeah. And yeah. normally, in any our technology, it takes something like two or three years to get to Mars. So you know that it's in the future, but we don't know when. But it's certainly sort of technology, technology more advanced than us, but it's still recognisable as an Earth that we would probably recognise. Yeah, it's kind of like and advanced so, technology, but they could, you, you still have to go to the moon using a space shuttle, but it takes a lot shorter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there's things that you think... And the suits all look very... So they're not sort of strolling around in their jumpsuits, as in Star Trek, but yeah. they have sort of... The, the, the astronaut suits are very recognisable as yeah. classic shapes and forms that we're used to. And so basically, there's whilst on one of the on a, a mission on his on the, uh, the International Space Station, which is again is recognisable, but uh, but you know a couple of generations further on than we would recognise it as the the International Space Station of today. Yeah, he's working on that when there's this surge, and the surge basically like fries a lot of it's like an EMP burst almost. It sort of fries a lot of electrical activity and it causes damage and around the world it's just caused devastation, forty three thousand casualties yeah. as a result of this sort of electronic surge thing. And the scientists in the know have traced this power source back to the region of Neptune, and they think could this be caused by Clifford McBride, who they now believe is not missing, but is in the region of Neptune still alive. Dun, dun, and doing, doing strange things. <laughs> drama, drama. And so then the, that's the story basically is then him, Roy, going to then find out what's, what really has happened to his father by way of Mars on his way to Neptune. 
And then there's lots of inner conflict and inner drama ensues. Yeah, a few bits and bobbins is going on there. There's a, I think there's a lot of nods to other films in this, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. It's like, there's definitely nods to 2001. Hell of a lot of nods to 2001. I thought Silent Running. Silent Running's another one. Moon a, by a moon. Duncan Jones. And I, I even thought Apocalypse Now with the, you know, when he's talking to himself. Yes. You, you know, with the... Sort yes, of, the bit got, Martin... Martin Sheen has no, that he's on monologue. The boat. Yeah, 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 monologues, yeah. And he's, he's doing a monologue in his... Yeah. Well, he does a couple, doesn't he? But yeah, so certainly got nods to a lot of science fiction films. and That tone is very much, yeah, low-key, the low-key colours, all the colour palette is uh, quite yeah. sort of mellow and That's sort of low-key. Yeah, it had that very much that feel. I mean, to me, how I think they were going to do that, though, I did like that idea of them going to Mars because that was the plan. I think that is what the plan of what's going to happen. That is, like, they build a moon base and then yes. from there they... they because they can get the extra... And the Mars base is slope. largely subterranean, so yeah. it's all below ground it, on Mars. Yeah, yeah well, that bit was a bit strange. And there's a couple of bits in this as well, which sort of digresses. I, I think with this film, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. Whether it wanted <laughs> to be a sort of thriller, whether it wanted to be a space film, or, you know, um, just the... You know, the... I, I think know. you could going back to like my sort of prosiness. I think you could probably write a really decent essay on the the uses of spirituality and religion in this film as right. well. Yeah. It is littered with um, biblical references and loads of um, nods to different sort of faith groups. So I think you could probably you could look at aspects of spirituality in this film as well and find that there's a, there's a, several essays worth in there. Well, okay, the, yeah. the fact that you're, you're that you're referencing essays and stuff like that tells you I think it tells you the kind of film this is. It's a thing. Yes. It's like it's essentially thinking hard sci- science fiction, so to say, where it's like, you know, one step removed. And it's really and I think a lot of questions like okay, what does things like isolation in space do to a person? What, why do people mm. go to the stars? Like, in, I don't, and it, ha, it has all these sort of philosophical questions in there. And I know that you were just re- refer, like talking about a lot of different films that it sort of references. For me, I felt like this film was like, you know, where gravity and interstellar meet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes. I think, I think, there are nods to Interstellar as well. I definitely. think to watch this in IMAX or, or in one of those super large formats. Like immersive be, things. With, with a, yeah, I, th- I think that's what where you need to watch it. I wouldn't mind watching this again, but if I was to watch it again, it would definitely be on yeah, an IMAX. I'd, I'd you know, scale it up a bit. Scale it up a yeah. bit. Because I think I could see you're exactly right. Gravity. I mean, I saw Gravity in IMAX and it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. And yet I've watched it when it wasn't. And it's like, oh, well, it's not quite as <laughs> Because... Yeah, that was that was up in in um, in London when I saw it, and it was it was fabulous. I remember Gravity thinking, "Whoa," because that was an experience, you know. Yeah. yeah. And although there were slow moments in it, you, you felt like you was actually in space. Mm. You know? Well, well so. you see, now the thing with this film is that I, I think, like, obviously, when we talk about Gravity, this film is slow, and anybody should know it's it's slow, and it will not be everybody's cup of tea. I think that no, it's like two and a half hours long. Of, yeah, yeah of, it's two and a half hours long of like slow travel, of slow going through things. Yeah, like, let's go through. But and then two thousand and one was like that. Mm. You know, two thousand and one was like that, and people now look at that and say, "What a, what a terrific movie it was." Yeah, I know. Uh, the, uh, my point is, like, for instance, my brother. My brother, he was asking me to recommend a film to him, and if I was going to recommend a film to my brother, it would be okay. Something blows up, and there's a happy ending. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. So, because my brother yeah. tried watching 2001 and hates that film, he thinks like mm. you know, he thinks like that's like the Emperor's New Clothes. It's dr- is pull the wool over everybody's eyes. That is not a good film, my brother's eyes. So, for my brother, <laughs> I would not be recommending Ad Astra whatsoever. 
because no. it's a film where you want to sit down and you know it's going to be slow and you want to do a little bit of thinking and you want to figure out oh yeah maybe maybe yeah maybe that maybe going to the moon is not the best thing maybe going up to the reaches of space as noble as it is might drive somebody mad and so like yeah. there were things like there were things in this film that I totally expected there's 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 weird things where you have really really famous actors who show up for like 15 seconds and disappear and don't show up in the film ever again <laughs> yes they just don't have much <clears throat> and a lot of the yeah some of the characters are thinking oh they're interesting and then they're gone yeah they're uh, the, gone. because it's all focused on this Roy McBride Brad Pitt thing yeah so it's I think it, as you said it's a film that we could talk about for ages but I think the main thing I would say is it's stinky it's philosophical it's slow if that doesn't sound like a kind of bag avoid like the plague because <laughs> because you will hate this film and hate the three hours that you sat down there for or two and a half hours that you sat down there for so um, uh, uh, what would you guys give this film see I liked it I liked the pace of it I liked the feel of it and I liked what it had to say to me. so for me I'd give it a four okay and I would say I I I, I have to say I, I do I do concur with Sharon on this I thought it was a really really good movie I could totally understand what you say if you don't like long movies oh, yeah. or thought you know films you've got to think about it wouldn't be your cup of tea but no I agree uh, I'm going to give this a four well the thing is um well, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but there were bits where I was thinking, oh, the, you're, you're dragging a bit. You're dragging a bit. And I essentially, at the end of the film, I was like, well, that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that, that's what I thought was going to happen. And uh, yeah, so I'll give it a three. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'll give it a three. All right, cool. And now, coming up against Ad Astra in the red corner, which is the Netflix corner, we have Disenchantment. Now, Disenchantment is the... Oh, hang on. Let me just start this timer up. Disenchantment is the first C, uh, first TV series that Matt Groening, the um, creator of The Simpsons, has made for a streaming platform. So, obviously, he made The Simpsons, then, um, the, which is still going it's like this massive worldwide phenomenon i mean all i have to say is the simpsons and everybody knows what that's about and then he made futurama which was all about the future it was all about okay we're going to go to the future and it's like it's almost kind of like he takes the sort of simpsons satirical jokey thing and takes it from uh and applies it to a future world which he was really talking about our world but it's like a future world where people can fly around and all that kind of stuff and Disenchantment is a it's a it's a show that sort of takes that sort of same Futurama template, but applies it to a sort of fantasy world or like a, I keep saying this word wrong medieval medieval Sharon, medieval that's how I I always say medieval because medieval. that's we'll go with that yeah. <laughs> okay so because that's it, how we say it in England yeah so yeah it applies it to a medieval sort of like sort of time frame. And in this, you have a uh, the main character is a, is a princess called Princess Tiabini, but she is not. She's kind of like almost. She's not your typical princess. Let's put it that way. Well, everybody is like uh, a, a big part of the first season was all about her being like. Uh, oh, by the way, this is season two. I finished watching season two, and a big part of the first season was all about her. Or, you know, being married off to somebody so that they could, like, you know, unite two kingdoms. And she's like, I don't want to get married to somebody. I want to go out there. I want to get, get, I want to get drunk. I want to, I want to go out <laughs> and party. And, and she's known in the town because they live in a place called Dreamland. And she's known in the town as just this, as this crazy wild child. I would, I would say, think Prince Harry, you know, before he grew up and, like, you know, grew a beard. 
So, so it's at the so the story and the difference between something like The Simpsons and Futurama, which this thing is going to be, is just it's it's an inevitable comparison. Is that this is is not episodic? Like you know, in The Simpsons, what happens from week to week doesn't really matter. Yeah, you can watch it in any order, and yeah. often they show them in random order, don't they? Yeah, they show, yeah it's, it, it doesn't really matter. It's like, oh, this happened, uh, forget about that. This happened, uh, they've been 10 years old for like 10 years. For well, no, been, Bart has been 10 years old for 30 years. So it's, it, it doesn't really matter. But in Disenchantment, it's, this one is actually kind of like you know, a story that goes on from one episode to the next. So each episode is kind of like carrying on what happened in the last one. And in this, she has a sidekick called Elfo, who is an elf who escapes the elf wood to go see what's in the real world. And he hangs out with her, but is in love with her, but is a, it's obviously unrequited. And she has a demon called Lucy, who, <laughs> who has been sent to sort of corrupt her like she needed any help. And so at the end of season one, it's sort of finished in a place and then season two carries on. And you have this really weird structure that they have where it's a story that carries on. But at the same time, they almost sort of have, they, they act like things that happened in the last episode don't really, don't really affect the story, so to say. So in the last episode, they're like, oh my God, she's trying to kill us all. She's evil. Da, 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 da. <laughs> then in the next episode, they've forgotten about that person. <laughs> yes. And then that person doesn't come back until later. And I felt in the first season that I watched, I, I felt that like it was a show that was trying to find its feet. And it found it a little bit more in the season two, but it's still it's still kind of like I'm not sure what I'm getting from this show. I'm not sure what you're trying to do. It's it's not as it's not as it's not as focused as um in, in its satire as The Simpsons or as Futurama. And you're watching it going, It's kind of good, that's kind of funny. Oh, I see what they're trying to say there, like you know, talking about oh, oh obviously you're talking about this stuff all the way back in medieval times and it it actually wouldn't happen there because you're actually really making a commentary about today. I get it. But what? <laughs> so it's 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 good. There's some funny bits in it, the the but it it's a little bit unfulfilling. I have to admit. The disenchantment is a little bit uh oh, leaves me a little bit disenchanted. Oh dude, good lord. Oh <laughs> good lord. But yeah, so I, uh, I guess the animation's the same as the Simpsons then, obviously, is it? And Futurama has yeah. that look about it, doesn't it? Oh no, it, it, it looks you know, it doesn't look anything like the Simpsons, but it looks a lot like Futurama. And they actually right. they actually um do hints to sort of show to to suggest that this and Futurama are set in the same universe, but obviously millions of years apart. So, so they they do that, but I mean that it's it's quite good. You have um oh what's his name Matt Berry. Matt Berry plays a prince who gets turned into a pig <laughs> by drinking a weird <laughs> potion and everything like that. He's quite funny. The the king King Zog. He's uh, I mean, the, the characters are quite funny, but there's sometimes where it just doesn't sing. Like, I mean, if you go around about seasons four or five of The Simpsons and some of Futurama's episodes, they absolutely just sing and you're like, okay, now this is genius. And this yeah. show suffers because it's always going to be compared to them. It doesn't quite sing. It's a little bit labored in places. And there's sometimes when, because they do some sort of cliffhangers for you to come back for the next episode. And I think I will watch the next, um, I, th I think I will watch the next season of en uh, Disenchantment. But I'm not particularly waiting for it or baying for it or going, oh, my God, yes, please, bring it now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a three, a three out of five. Okay. okay. Three. Cool. Okay. 
Disenchantment. Disenchantment. So yeah, that is round one. Ooh, look at that. That's interesting. Cinema versus. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Now we're gonna go back to cinema, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about a film that we held off from last week, and this was a film called Wolf that Sean you saw. Wolf. I, I did. Yes. Yeah, and we're talking about that. That it's interesting because this seems to be a companion piece to another film you saw a couple of years ago. That's right. Yeah. The, on the mainland, I saw a film called The Necromancer. And mm. I, we did do a review of that. I'm sure I did a review of that. Yes. Um, now, this is obviously done by the same people. or I mean, I, I don't know to look see if it's done by the same people, but it's, it's more or less shot exactly the same. And it seems to be shot, these films seem to be shot in that natural light. Yes. You know, like The Revenant. I know, yeah. You know how yeah. The Revenant was. And um, so, and this story, basically, this is like, it's, it's in Britain. And... Um, they decided there's something going on up in Scotland, up in Caledonia. So the Romans, it's Romans times, they, the Romans decide to send 10 of their best men up there to find out what's going on. They've heard there's this plague, horrible plaguey type thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it starts off really, really slow, to be fair. You know, it starts off, and there's a lot of, um, like, shots of the forest and scenery shots. You know, a bit like, I don't know if you've ever seen those films, like Centurion. Yeah, and Centurion. You know, it's it's um, the the shot. They seem to dwell a lot, a lot of time on the woods and the valleys. Yeah. Well, and in the those hills. days, yeah. Britain was largely forested, wasn't it? It was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks really, really, you know, visually. It's, and there are lots of myths about the Romans had these strange ideas about all the monsters and the dragons they and did, things yeah, yeah. lurking in the British Isles because it was this a misty shrouded forested land of yeah. weird people. That's it, and and I mean there are a no couple of there's like there. a, yeah they do, and there's like a, you know they have the woad and all that because yeah. they, they've got a scout these ten they've got like a scout who's like a a woman I don't know what what you call them brigante or whatever they were whatever up in tribe there, you know, yeah, yeah whatever, whatever part tribe of the country they're from that, that sort of but slowly and surely you know things happen and they hear noises and yeah this film I, I don't, it was it's really really strange I don't know whether I like this film or not. It's, okay. it's, it's difficult it's difficult no it's really difficult to say um i thought visually it was really good and i think it could have been a lot better i think they could have turned this into perhaps um you know like i'm trying to find a horror movie that that, that yeah. would scare me you know because there's quite a lot of suspense it builds up is it aimed as is it supposed to be a thriller or horror or what is it i should imagine it's sort of aimed at the horror genre okay. i would think but it's not really, you know, because there's a few bloody scenes. So the wolf scenes. of the title, is it werewolves we're talking about here? It is indeed, yeah. Is that what yeah, the, the sort of the legend yeah, yeah, yeah. is, yeah. So, you know, obviously. So, yeah, um, and obviously certain things happen. I don't want to give any plot spoilers no, away no. here. But, and to me, I don't know, the Rome, they didn't... Is it sort of dog soldiers-like, but set in the Roman times? Dog so- I would say that it's not as good as dog soldiers, but, yeah, yeah similar, similar sort of thing, yeah. Sim- similar to dog soldiers. Along, definitely along those lines, those you know, lines. British film. British, yeah. So, yeah. So obviously, like, obviously, obviously low budget. Yeah. yeah. Is, Go is on, it, sorry, Kato. Is it like one of these films where, um, you know, a, a group of Roman soldiers go up there and then start getting up, picked up one by one by something out there in the woods? Something out there in the woods, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, and you hear the noises. And you never really actually, I think, what's the disappointment? The, the, I mean, yeah, it's not really, they're not like, they're not like... Because um, in Dog Soldiers, you do get London. to see the wolf. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. You, it's you, more you, suggested you, than a lot. A lot of suggested, and then towards yeah. the end, you actually actually 
see. Well, actually, one of my favourite films, Snow Beast, the 1970s version, (laughs) (laughs) you don't actually see full-on Snow Beast until towards the end of the film. Yeah, Yeah, so that that, that goes along these lines. That goes along these lines. But the acting is very much the same as as, um, Necromancer, so I wondered if some of the actors are the same, perhaps. So, I mean, you know, it looks like it... To me, I mean, I, I don't really go too much in like productions, and but I would imagine that that you know they would have been, yeah. So I'm just having a look on the computer here, and he was yes, in, it's yeah. The same so producer. same same producer, yeah. So obviously, obviously. So, it, so but you say yeah, it's the same producers, but are the films are the films actually linked? Like in the storyline of the film, is the storyline of this film linked mm. to Necromancer? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. Um, oh, because Necromancer takes place in the Napoleonic times. Okay. So that's, See, that's I need like, to check out the Necromancer, I think. Yeah, yeah, be, you, sounds like it could be one of my yeah, top of films. Top of films, yeah. So the ne- Necromancer, um, it was it was it ran along the same lines, but it was best, basically uh, British soldiers deserting from you know the, the Napoleonic Wars yeah. and going into the forest because it's basically the only way and encounter, encountering some strange things. I think this is a... I think these films and this wolf film is one you're either gonna like or think what a load yeah. of what a load of rubbish that was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll waste all that time for you. Pardon? I can't find this film anywhere. I can't find anything wolf, about this film. Twi- tw- what wolf? Tw- twenty nineteen. If you put in wolf twenty nineteen, you should. Okay, cool. Yeah, it came to the island. The islands. It came to Cineworld on the Isle of Wight for one week. Literally had two showings, so it had something like fourteen showings for one week. Then it disappeared. Disappeared. Because I was on holiday that week. Otherwise, I probably would have gone to see it. You've probably gone to see it. So you were you you were aware of it, yeah? I knew. I saw it on there. I thought, what's Wolf? And then I saw it. Looked looked up something about it. Mm. Thought, oh, I should go and watch that. And then when I came back from my holes, it was not there. Oh. I, I tell you, it's so weird, Cineworld. But the because... Isle of Wight cinema, Cineworld, yeah. is a bit strange like that. You often get films for just one week. Yeah. Because often you think, surely the, a two-week run is like the minimum. But no, <laughs> we just get them for and, one week. And then you don't get films which are really big, and they even show the trailers for. I mean, there's yeah. a film I really wanted to see called The Farewell, which I wanted yes, to see, but yes. it's not. It's out there, and so I'm going to have to rely on you for that one, Toes, if you get a chance. Uh, but, wh- you know, The Farewell. That's not on the island. No, no. Yeah, well, yeah they we, just don't well, even come. And it in. won't come. Okay, now our, our other, our other, our other sort of like you know regular listener. <laughs> we have two. We have two regular yeah. listeners. We have other regular <laughs> listener, um, Holly. Um, we're gonna have to rely on her for that because she got in touch with me, going, "Have you seen the farewell? Loved it." And I couldn't. The farewell is not showing anywhere near me. And she was she was asking if we we're going to talk about it, and I was like, unfortunately, I don't think the farewell is coming to the provinces, so that's going to be like a London thing. So I think like we might have to sort of like hire Nina or Holly to be our London correspondents and tell us about all yes. those tiny films that we don't get to see because we live somewhere where like you know houses yeah, are affordable. They're, so <laughs> yeah, they're up in the smoke, and we're just in the sticks. Yes. So so I think for next week we're going to get Holly on, and Holly's going to tell us about the farewell because I don't think any of us are going to get to see it before we leave cinema. No. All right, cool. So, okay. Sean, how many stars would you give uh, Wolf? Um, well, I, as I say, I'm going to have to give this a three because I don't know. You know, I mean, I didn't hate. Put it this way, I didn't hate it. I think it could have been a lot better, and I think it could have possibly, you know, gone way up high. If, but there were some moments in just it where there's just a few things that I had a few issues with, and I thought, you know, mm, well, I don't know. So yeah, so I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to. I'm going to be a. Wishy washy three on this one. <laughs> do, do you think it got held back by his budget or something like that? 
Probably, possibly, yeah, it possibly, because I mean, it was obviously done on a on a, a very very small budget. You know, you could tell that All right. the costumes and um, yeah. So okay, cool. okay, good. And now, thank you. So that is the second. That's the beginning of round two with with cinema. And now we go back to Netflix or the Netflix world to a show that Sean you claim to not like. You came onto this. I mean, three shows there, ago last week. Yeah. No, three cool. shows ago, you three. started up going, yeah, you know what? I started watching this show. Everybody's been raving about it. I don't think I'm going to keep watching it. It's not that great. Next week, last week, you came on and you were like, yeah, yeah, I finished season one. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, but I've started watching season two. But, you know, it's not really that great. I don't think I'm going to keep watching it. And here we are on this show, and you have finished <laughs> watching season two. So you claim to well, like this show, but you keep watching it <laughs> now. Well, uh, I... I guess the reason why, Tozen, is I thought, well, I better have something to review. So, and I'd, as I'd got halfway through, when I got halfway through the uh, through the second season, I thought I better see the second half. Um, and so I'm let me gonna guess, let me guess you're going to tell me don't really like it, but I'm not going to watch season three. And the next week, guess what's going to happen? I'm pro- I'm, yeah, I'm pro- <laughs> pro- exactly right. Yeah, you can read me like a book, can't you? Mate? You read me like a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It so would this be is one Peaky Blinders season two, by the way, for anyone who's yeah, wondering what. It's just like Peaky Blinders season one. I think season three onwards, it takes a change. You Does get it? the bigger, bigger bands and and, coming and, in. and the end, the end of the. But Tom Hardy's is makes an appearance. I like yeah, yeah, and these one, yeah, he's he's the best bit. He's absolutely yeah. brilliant. The London, the, yeah, you still London, see a bit yeah. more of the London crime scene. I really, really, I did really, I do really like Tom Hardy. I don't like the Italian guys. What's his name? Scalati or whatever is the the other gang. You know the one that. Oh yes, though. Uh, oh, I can't did, remember. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the you, end you of this series, Tom Hardy's the, yeah, character. definitely Tom Hardy. But the end of this, the ending, the last episode in this series, really, really, yes. I thought you have got to be kidding me. So, so I'm afraid that 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 that's probably done it for me. Just that one. But you tell me that the other ones are, are better. Like, well, no, I think <laughs> I don't say they're necessarily better, but you get differently. Like the season three, yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's not a spoiler but to say in season three you encounter um, the Russians. Ooh. Who have like fleeing Tsarist Russia? Where it's just the cop. They they're Tsarist Russians who are fleeing um, into Britain because of the revolution. So they're white Russians, as their the, the term was, because they're Tsarist. Oh, be, and so they, you have sort of things <laughs> with the Russians in season three. In season four, you you encounter Keep the going. American you might mafia. Me. Oh right, okay, American mafia. Now we're talking. They they come to Birmingham, <laughs> oh, and right. then in season five, obviously it's the the more political world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Well, I mean, I may do then. You never know. I may start watching again because I do like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is class. Total, total class, yeah. isn't he? He's everything commended. I must be That's fine. That's how they I'm get starting. you, Sean. That's how they get yeah, you. That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, they do. But with old Cillian there, right, yeah. I'm starting to find myself getting a little bit fed up with his cigarettes, staring, tapping, and like, and thinking, and obviously having his own yeah. thoughts. And I'm thinking, come on. Season you know, one and, and two same, are the most similar same, same, in yeah. the, two, the Peaky Blinders world because you've got yeah. the similar structure yeah, for yeah, both yeah. of one, both yeah. of them. And it's, I think when they start expanding the world a little bit, you begin to But you see. can understand the, but the, it ending, is, the ending of the... series two, can't you? Remember it? Yeah, I do remember yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, anyway, that's, you know, and that's happened a couple of times, you know, cars and stuff and all that. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and I just, you know, Charm life, I guess. Yeah. Like, is he Irish? He's Irish, but the character isn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, the character's a brummy. No. They're brums, yeah, yeah. They're brums, and they're yeah. with sort of gypsy ancestry rather than Irish, yeah. so Sorry. they have more of the, yeah. um, the more, yeah. the sort of the luck of the 
like the a, Egyptians. Yeah, yeah. That's well, it. they have a, more of a mythology about them. Yeah, and also yes. his sister. What's yeah. his sister's name? Like the matriarch of the, the family. Pole. Yeah, with that pole. And is that the one played by Helen McCroy? She's getting on my nerves a bit. You know what I mean? Helen McCroy. Oh Helen yeah, she McCoy. does wind you up all the way through. She's, she's she's pretty good in the first one, yeah. but I'm getting fed up with her now. She's like, oh, come on. Silly woman. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think so, if you're going to be mean, annoyed by them, then they carry on being annoying. Yeah. They don't do any really change in any way. I mean, I mean, I, th- I think that Esme's quite a good character. You know, the yeah, one that's married yeah, the... to everyone because you know she sort of she knows. Although she acts a bit dumb, yeah. You know, she's she's quite smart. So I, she's smarter than what they think. You know, and I think I think he what's his name again in the in the series? Tommy. Resilience? What's his Tommy. Yeah, his, his, Tom, Tommy. Tommy, Shelby, Tommy yeah. yeah, I reckon he sort of takes quite a lot of credence with what because he often says, "Doesn't he?" Oh, let us speak, you know, let us yeah. speak. So, although he does, you know, but yeah, strange. strange. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just finding it. See, I, I did. I really like. like I haven't. I haven't actually managed to finish watching like, season five yet, okay. just because it's you know, booking television time mm-hmm. in my house is a bit tricky. Yeah, but sure. I. I am too desperate to see the last two episodes of season five. <laughs> so, if you would have, all right, from, from just out of interest, Sharon, what would you have given season one and season two? I, I really rated season one. I mean, I've seen yeah. season one two okay. or three times, yeah. so I would give that a, a solid four. Okay. Maybe, yeah. yeah, and I would say the second uh, subsequent seasons haven't been. I haven't loved them as much, much no. so they would be three and a half stroke four rather than a solid four and a half you know so I would sort of put the rate the first one really highly and the other ones less so so I'd probably say start off with a four and a half then go Mm. down to a four then three and a half and then I'd probably stick around about the three and a half yeah I mean I may you know if you said Russian mafia that's quite interesting or white Russians (laughs) that's quite interesting (laughs) and um, probably the same thing will happen sort of dodgy dodgy deals and Lucky breaks. Yeah, and, and he's yeah, you know, he's got charmed life. <laughs> you sound like Have you I, seen it at all? Toast, just no, that I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't no. seen any of it, but it sounds like how I feel about The Walking Dead. So, Sean, what would you give Peaky yeah. Blinders season two? <laughs> season two, um, purely for Tom Hardy, because I like Tom Hardy, I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a three. three. But I can't give it any more than that. Yeah, okay, I can't cool. give it any more than that. All right, so three for... So, three, and uh, shall I give it a three point five. Uh, do the third, carry the one, and then divide it by two. All right, cool. That gives us a... Uh, no, that's wrong. Oh, no, that's right. Okay, cool. And now, we're going to go from so for one BBC property to another BBC property. And this is going over to Fleabag, but not the show on BBC Three, but the origin of the show. So, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the National Theatre Live, where, Sharon, you were talking about Margaret Atwood, and you went to see the Margaret Atwood yes. in the cinema. And the same yep. day you were talking about that, you'd, you'd, that we spoke about that on the show, I was, okay, if I remember correctly, surrounded by naked people at Goodwood. Oh, by the way, I showed up on TV in the Goodwood, um, the Goodwood. Oh, did you? Yeah. If you, if you go onto the ITV hub and you look for Goodwood Live, the live show that they did, it starts off with a sort of like Italian job homage. And I have like, you know, maybe a half a second thing on the, on the screen where it's very, very obviously me. Doing my most hammy, hey. doing my most hammy Big William impression of driving the bus <laughs> and with a cigarette in my mouth. I mean, I watched the thing and I was like, "Oh my god, that is terrible." But, <laughs> so yeah, I show up. So if you're watching on the ITV Hub, look for Goodwood Live, and I show up in the first 
in the first three minutes, <laughs> so then you can you can stop and you can stop watching the you can ignore the rest of it. But um, yeah, so after that, I went to go watch Fleabag, which was the National Theatre Live, and there were, because Phoebe Waller Bridge had decided to put on the original show that she took to Edinburgh that created the that created the TV show, and. I think this one probably works best for a National Theatre Live than most other things because for the entire thing, she's it's it's pretty much almost like a stand-up, but a prophet vaga, she's sitting down. So you and you know what you were talking about, Sharon, about walking in there and how, the way they pipe in the noise from from the theatre. Yes. So so you had that, but the funny thing about it is that it was replicated in the cinema because this was the most packed cinema screen I have seen <laughs> in like years. I mean, this thing was in the entire screen. There were probably about ten seats left. Wow! And this, even the Hobbit seats at the front. Yeah, well, they, it was the Hobbit seats at the front. Those were the ones that were left. <laughs> but even yeah. people, but even people were sat in them. I I was in the second row. I think that was that was the only seat I could get. And in the cinema I went to, this was showing on two screens. So <laughs> it was doing wow. Two so screens. it's seriously popular. Yeah, it was seriously seriously popular. And but you, so when I walked in, because I walked in, the, I said on Twitter, I said I managed to take my seat just before she took hers, because the entire thing is her sat down on one seat and essentially for ninety minutes telling you the story of her life, which sort of coincides with the first season of the show, which I absolutely love the show. I think that she's brilliant. I think that her writing is so great. It takes you from gross out to it takes you from gross to oh my god to laugh out loud to heartbreaking, usually mm. in two sentences. <laughs> in two sentences she takes you from one place to and you're like oh my how did she do that and it's just such a well drawn out character just such a well thing done but anyway um, when I walked into the cinema the place was just packed and it was hubbubbing and you could feel this sort of sense of anticipation and it was pretty much like being in the theatre because it was because she's essentially sat down talking to you as the audience for 90 minutes. It felt like it was. It felt like being in a theatre, but not having to go down to London, which was pretty cool. So I, as an experience, I actually really, really liked it, and it made me want to go do more national theatre live things. The difference is that I think it would be a bit more difficult with an actual play, as opposed to something where somebody's talking to you. I think. It, it, uh, well, I'm interested to go see it. I'm interested to go see it because I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, well, I, I, I love Fleabag anyway. I think that the writing is genius. I think that it is one of the most heartfelt, heartfelt things about humans. Just one of the most human things I think I've seen in ages. And I, and I would recommend anybody catch the TV series because I know they've put some other dates on in cinemas for the National Theatre Live thing. But um, I would recommend anybody. Yeah, they do on. Um- they call them encores, don't they? They do yeah. national live encores. Yeah, and I know that they put some dates on for that again. And if you, if they can, I would say recommend go go find it. It's worth eight, the eighteen quid. And um, <laughs> but otherwise, catch Fleabag on on uh, the BBC iPlayer. It was a brilliant thing. I would give it a four. And that's for the experience wow. and for the show itself. I think that it was just really really good. And I think that woman's. I think woman's wonderful. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, it's surprisingly how well it works, doesn't it? When you go to the cinema to have a theatre experience, and it does yeah. actually work quite well. Yeah, I think I, they've been doing it long enough now. They've sort of ironed out all the sort of wrinkles that they had in it early on. But no, it really does. It does. It's a what? It works. You feel like it's in the cinema experience. We went to see Macbeth, didn't we? The we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. Macbeth. Yeah, we yeah, went yeah. To see that, didn't we? That's the... it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can be quite good. I nearly went. 
I mean, this is me being the thing. I nearly went there to Motown thing on Monday. Yes. They had like the origins of Motown. Um, and I choose the unlimited card, but you still have to pay. You couldn't use the unlimited card. Yeah, you no, you often with these cinema for, events. For, yeah, for an, yeah. Uh, National Theatre Live these things, ones, yeah. yeah, you have to pay. Yeah. So, Which comes as a shock. We're so used to just strolling in free that yeah. when you have to pay, it's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, you you feel you feel you feel like you know morally you feel, morally outraged. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, oh, another thing happened to me this week. I actually wrote about this on Facebook. That um, there's a TV show I'm watching at the moment called The Good Place. I actually thought I might actually be recommending it or reviewing it this week, but it's it's been released in the old fashioned way on Netflix, where it's a, an episode a week. And I didn't realize this on the side watching season four, episode one. <laughs> Oh, by the way, if you can find, find The Good Place, I can totally, totally recommend The Good Place. It is a brilliant, brilliant show. And um, so I, I was watching season four, episode one, and it finished. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just watch the next episode. And the next episode wasn't immediately available. And I felt morally wronged. I felt, <laughs> I felt like, what? Netflix? I'm going to write to my MP. How very dare you deny me the next episode? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah, so what do you mean? Wait a week? I know. I was like, Wow. How how quickly things change, <laughs> and I've got so used to doing this sort of whole binge watching thing that when I when something is on weekly, I tend to record it and then watch it all at the end when they're all there, <laughs> so I can go from one episode to the next. So I'm sort of still I, I do I genuinely do wait until <laughs> everything's been broadcast and then I watch it uh, uh, over uh, sort of over a couple of days when I'm it's not- all finished. I'm not going to lie. That's what I'm thinking of doing with The Good Place because I don't think I can take this sense of moral outrage every single week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So that's four for Fleabag. And now we're going to move on to Netflix with a film called Heartbeats Loud. Oh, oh, I saw this as well. Okay, so this is something that I saw. And this is a film starring Nick Offerman. Uh, Nick Offerman, who you might know as having one of the best mustaches in the world. Do you guys know who he is? Yes. I I know the actor. Yeah, you know, yeah, Nick, Nick Offerman. He's he's probably best known for playing Ron Swanson in Parks and Recreation, but um, he he plays a guy who runs a record store and used to be in a band with his wife. Uh, he has he's had a he's had a kid uh, with his wife, and she she died a while back. But he still has this like you know this dreams of music, and he loves he just loves the music. He's essentially like a sort of music snob. Like if you've ever seen High Fidelity. And if you think about John Cusack in High Fidelity, he's a little bit like that. He's a little bit like that. So it's, and this is one of those films where not much happens. It's one of those sort of indie, it's like, it's probably like, if somebody said, what's an indie comedy? Go look at this film. Go look at Hearts Beats Loud on Netflix. That is an indie comedy. So not much happens. And it's about, he, he wants to, he's always had these dreams of like, you know, making it big in a band. And he, his daughter is studying to become a doctor. She's going to be leaving to go to university. Um, he's in New York. She's going to be in LA. So she's going all the way across America, going away from him. And he's he keeps saying, "Come on, let's jam, let's jam, let's come jam with your old man." So she eventually gives in, and they they just sort of mess around making music and all that. And they find out that then he gets the song and he puts it up on Spotify, and people start listening to it. And so he starts getting all these dreams, and he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, we could do this, we could do a dream." Oh, um, someone comes, someone wants to sign us. She's like, "Dad, I'm going to be a doctor." He's like, "No, but oh come on, you could be a doctor anytime. We could we could be a." And they have this really really interesting relationship, and I think I love the way it's sketched out because you can see from the word go that. Because the mom hasn't been around, as they've grown up, at some point in this relationship, she became the parent. 
and so right. so he's the one who goes on and he says like oh you know for your music and he goes and spends money on on like a sample board and she's like how much does this thing cost dad we can't afford this take it back take it back right now and I love the way their relationship is and it's really just about their relationship they have other things like she has a girlfriend and they um and it's about how that plays into her decision as to whether she's going to leave or whether she's going to hang around and how that so like kicks in some of the songs that I had written and it really the, the storyline of the thing is essentially daughter's leaving they want he wants to make music he's trying to figure out where his life is because now that she's she's leaving what what does he do does he keep the record store open or not they write some songs and that's pretty much all that happens in the film but it's it's one of these <laughs> things that's really pretty, it's pretty much a mood piece it's about the way the film goes and it's about the way like you know you're in there it's just really really indie I quite liked it. I thought the song. I thought the songs were great. I thought that the um, performances were really, really good from Nick Offerman, from Kirstie Clemens. It has Tony Collette in it. Um, it has Ted. Always Dance. worth a turning up for. Yeah, yeah. Ted Danson. Whoa. Yeah, it has Ted Danson in it, who plays a, a bar owning marijuana. Essentially, he plays a bar owning like sixty something year old pothead. <laughs> and you can see that it's kind of like. He's having a time. He's having the time of his life. He's just loving the fact that he's like, "Yay, I get to play a pothead and all that." But it works quite well, and it has someone that Sean, I think you would be quite interested about, Sasha Lane. Yeah, come. Go on, remind me, Sasha Lane, American Honey. Oh, American Honey. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, wow. I wondered yeah. what had happened to her because she sort of appeared in that, and then, oh, right. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, she was in Hellboy that you saw earlier this year. So. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. she, yeah, she, she's in there. She plays, uh, she plays the daughter's girlfriend. So she plays Kirst, the do- the girlfriend of Kirsty Clemens' character, and uh, I, I quite, I thought it was quite a nice film. It was quite a charming film, and it's the kind of film that I watched. And one of the songs, I actually rewound so I could listen to the song again, which was uh, okay. Yeah, it, it's a song that Nick Offerman sings about his character losing his wife and having to raise a kid and all that kind of stuff. It's a really, really good song. It's, I think it's called Shut Your Eyes. But I would recommend, uh, if you like songs, if you like films about music or films about people writing songs, I can recommend this film a lot. I would give it a four out of five. Wow. Wow. High scoring week. There you go. High scoring week. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, but, but I might I'll, have to check that one. Yeah, but uh, well, a bit yeah. like with Ad Astra, I will warn you, if you don't like indie films where nothing much happens, avoid like the plague. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I right. quite like indie films where not much happens. Yeah, yeah, they can be quite good sometimes, can't they? Yeah, yeah, they can. I think this this is one of the good ones. It's one of the good ones. So heart, hearts beat loud. I would recommend it. Right, and we're rushing through this because I want to get you guys out of here in about ten minutes. So we and now we go back to cinema and we have a film called Ready or Not. Ready or not? Yeah. Sure enough, are you guys? For a while. All right, have you seen this? Have you seen this, Tosin? Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it, got, yeah. You've seen, seen it. it. You yeah. haven't yet, have you? No. Okay, yeah, so ready or not, basically, story, there's this massive big family that, you know, rich family, a game. they've made a game by making games. They, they've created this empire. And this. she's getting married to one of the sons. Yeah. And to, to be accepted into the family, she has to play a game. And the game that comes out decides they sort of it's just a random but it comes out ready or not and so this is mean basically hide and seek. They, yeah hide and seek yeah. and they basically that through the film they've sort of almost made a pact with the devil and like if this card <laughs> comes and they've got a they've got to commit a sacrifice so they've got to find 
the person they give her a hundred to get well, they play this little record they go we and see. <laughs> anyway and then so she has to peg it and obviously oh she's so a horror film then yeah, it's, I guess so. I guess you'd call it. It's like a comedy horror film, okay. maybe. I, I, got, I, think, I think I'll, I'll put it. It's kind of like the Evil Dead, like the Evil Dead movies. Are they comedies or are they horrors? Are, are, are they comedies okay. where That's horrific it. things it happen, or are they horror things with, with yeah. funny moments? Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. That's it, yeah. Pro- probably that's a that's a better analogy of it. Um, because you know, as it it's got some bloody mo- but when the whole cinema laughs or giggles or titters, yeah. you know, you know that it's sort of because there, there are some good moments in this. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I was mildly surprised from the from the trailers and stuff. I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm going to watch it because it'd be interesting. But yeah, it ended up really, really, really quite. Yeah, it was. I, I... It was I, yeah, I, I think I think this is essentially it's a genre film and it's kind of like a died in the wool genre film that there's like look this is what we are we're not going to try and be highfalutin or anything like that we're a film it's it's like one of those things where the premise you can write in like you know on the back of a stamp it's like woman marries <laughs> into a rich family on her wedding night they all try and kill her <laughs> That's it. she has to she has to survive <laughs> until dawn because they all feel that if they don't kill her they're gonna die. <laughs> and and uh, the film, the film. I love the fact that the film plays with the whole thing through the whole, where you're, you're never sure whether this family is nuts or whether there's actually something behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, we, they, they they play it quite well, don't they? They quite. Yeah. I, you know, especially the 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 old lady at the beginning. Like everybody's laughing at her to start with. Yes. Uh, so yeah, 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 the, the, aunt, aunt Helene, Aunt, yeah, aunt Helene, Helene, the aunt, yeah, the horrible aunt. Yeah, yeah Helene. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it's just and it's funny because it's just absurd because you have this woman on her wedding night in her wedding dress. She's still wearing her wedding dress, running around this house trying to avoid getting killed, which sounds like a horrific setup. Which it it is a horrific setup, but they keep doing things that make you laugh, that make you think. Like they have this whole thing where they have these maids who dress up almost exactly the same. In, yeah, in, yeah. In the film, like 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 the ones you know that what's what's that what's that. Uh, Song goes, do, 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 do. yes, the Robert Palmer song. Yes, yes. the Robert Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Robert Palmer. They're dressed song. exactly the girls like the girls with their guitars. The yeah. They're just like that. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, are. Right. Yeah. They, they're dressed exactly like that, and and, <laughs> and they, they have this. But I, mean, I don't think it's a bit. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that something happens to these maids that is very similar to what happens to the dogs in a fish called Wanda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah. And, it, and the way in which it happens, it's it's kind of like it's it's quite frankly, it's inviting you to laugh at this horrific stuff. But I think that the, I think that the what really sells it is the performances, especially from Samara Weaving, who um, who I mean, I know I first saw her in a TV show called Smilf, and she was in Three Billboards Outside Ebony, Missouri, in a very small role. But uh, so she's been doing some good work for a while. But this is kind of like this could be like the time where everybody goes, "Oh my god, she's good!" Because she holds the whole yeah. film together throughout the most, even when the most absurd things are happening on screen. She's the thing that grounds it. She's the thing that grounds it. She's so, she's and, brilliant. I really liked her. I thought, yeah. yeah, and she's quite. She's what what I liked about it is she wasn't like a screamy, ah, screamy like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. No. When she no, was no, no, quite no, she savvy. Wasn't. She. She was quite a savvy little thing, oh, and geez. you know I liked the bit with the like you say she's running about in a, a wedding dress, and she says, "Oh, it's right, okay, I'm gonna have to slip this thing." It's quite gory and gruesome, mind you. Sharon, it is. Okay. With the, with it the, is. It is. With the blood, there's some 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 really quite bloody moments, isn't it? Isn't there, there's it? a really. there's a bit with a the nail. 
there's a there's a bit with the nail there, so yeah, that's a bit. I was, exactly, that was a bit I was thinking of. Yeah, the bit yeah. with the nail was quite quite gruesome. But I mean, what I liked about it, it was the determination. Like it was the only way. It had to be done because it was the only way you're going to survive this thing. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, for me, the, that was the like, the that's, family, a, that's yeah. the sort of thing. That's the sort of thing I would do. You know? Well, I don't know if I could, but I say that don't I? But whether I could or not, who knows? But some of the things I really, do you know what? Do you know that Samara Weaving reminded me of, like Margot Robbie? Yeah, every, so everybody's yeah, got that look. Robbie. I've just been I've, saying that. Everybody was saying that. It, it I've is, seen it, her little bio. She was in Picnic at Hanging Rock, the TV series, which yes, is yes, quite good from last year. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing so, is, like, I've been seeing her for years, and you know how you know how it is when you've known somebody before everybody else has found out about it. Like, you, there's this band that you yeah. know about that yeah. everyody else finds about the band everybody starts saying oh you know they're a little bit like you know Coldplay like no they're nothing like Coldplay <laughs> and, <laughs> and I feel a bit like that because I've, I've been watching it for a while and I've never thought Margot Robbie and now everybody's this one's coming everybody's going oh yeah she's got a little bit of the Margot Robbie about her I'm like no she's Samara Weaving she's her own person yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when I saw Samara Weaving I thought I wonder if anything to do with Hugo Weaving it's from Peaky Blinders but it's not I don't think is it, it is Hugo Weaving is her uncle yeah. Oh right, okay. So yeah. it is it is part of the family, right. She, okay, she's, cool. She's part of the family, but I think it's it's one of those things where she, I think it's, essentially so this is kind probably... of film where she's so good in this film that you don't want to sort of like compare her to anybody else, or you don't want to yes. mention no, the fact that like you know, she's Hugo Weaving's niece, or you don't want to mention the fact that or you don't even mention Margot Robbie because you're like, No, she is great and she holds this film together and she makes you she she holds you through everything that goes on. Some of her one liners, like there's a bit where she just walks around, she just goes, Oh, effing rich people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just yeah. kind of like, the fact that that's her reaction to all this is like, Oh, it's not that they're stupid or they're evil, or it's just that they're rich. That's, that's what yeah. it is. I mean, I mean, I like, I like these sort of characters anyway. I like, I like, like, I don't know what it is. I think strong female characters. I like because I like uh, old Sigourney Weaving in Aliens yeah. and um, Sarah Connor in the Terminator yeah. or the late the second Terminator one, you know. And I just think because you know you see so, in so many films where they're just like you know they sort of give in or they're like ah you know screamy squeechy. Where's the big strong away. man to come save yeah, me? Yeah, run away. Yeah, yeah. In here, she and and yeah, she really holds it together and she holds herself together and and quite you know I can't really find anything that's really stupidly done you know what i mean like, apart from the family being a bit dumbass but um you know but but for her she's There's none uh, of those oh don't do that yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, she's the, the, she, she's pretty cool she's yeah, good. The, the thing about it is that you look at the family and you just think like you know uh, the the fact is that the family don't do this often like they I, but you, you can see it's like they're, they're these incompetent bunch of people who feel we have to do this thing, but they but they're totally totally yeah. ill-equipped to do it, which is what they have like the, the daughter that's a cokehead and the oh my god and it's I I just think it's so well sketched out, it's so well drawn out. I would give it a four out of five. I just I I enjoyed the film a lot, even though there were bits that made me wince and there were bits where I was like, okay, I know that's funny, although I'm not sure I should be laughing, but that is funny. <laughs> they are they are trying to make me laugh yeah. at something horrific here, and they're succeeding. That's it. But I don't want to laugh. <laughs> so it's I'll but, give it a four out of five. I thought it was really, really good. I'll give it a four out of five too. Yeah, cool. definitely I'll give it a four out of five. So okay. yeah, so that's pretty good for that one. Alright, yeah, that's that's pretty good for ready or not. I mean we would totally recommend it. We've had a good week. We've had a good week. And now Sean, 
it is up to you to let us know are we going to have a f- totally good week because we've had nothing below a three so far is this going to round us off in that way or is this going to be one of those things that like you know how you always complain about how i think it was 2017 you said the endings of movies just kept letting you down that the films yeah. would they'll go really really well then i get to the end and then the end will just be like so, so <laughs> you you how do you yeah I, i'm sure you're psychic or you've got some sort of camera that, that, that like you know that i'm gonna yeah yeah so that's, so, that's so exactly sure. right is this going we've to be your typical 2017 blockbuster we've had a good show are we going to end on a good, <laughs> are we going to end on a good note or is it going to get messed up let us know okay well it's probably going to get messed up, I'm afraid, because <laughs> oh no, because yeah, I'm going to have to say this 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 film I watched, yeah, The Wolf Brigade. Funny enough, it was recommended to me, and I like the Korean films because I've liked you know yeah. I like some Korean films. I, I think they've been pretty good, and I thought, oh, The Wolf Brigade, this sounds interesting. Basically, the story of North and South Korea. It's a bit in the future, North and South Korea. They're going to reunite. So they're going to reunite, but... That doesn't sound like a good idea to no, me. No, doesn't sound like a good idea, but obviously... So they're going to reunite, um, so they get sanctions, and it, and then you get a few people... You get, like, a set that doesn't want to unite, and then yep. you, you... So there's a special special police force formed to combat, and then you've got... And I, I, I hate to say this, I think I possibly may have dozed off for like 30 <laughs> seconds I think I might have dozed off in this one because I was sort of watching it and I thought oh I better watch Netflix something on Netflix this looks good been recommended I'll watch this it didn't know what it wanted to be it didn't know whether it wanted to be an action film a romance because it's obviously a love interest and stuff like that people running around shooting the only I mean the thing is what's so disappointing is the actual titles when it's explaining everything North South Korea and it shows you know it shows like yeah. maps and shows what's going on and stuff I was really really into that I thought this is going to be good and it starts off with a bit of a riot and I thought, oh yeah, this is interesting and then it's just like, oh, what's happening now? Now it's just getting bogged down. It's getting really, really uh, So who dull. are the actual Wolf Brigade? Well, they're like a police thing that's been set up. They they sort of set up to a special unit within the police, you know, that are like elite troops basically. Okay. And, and do, do, they're do, special forces. They're special forces, yeah. Special forces that are made to try and combat these because the the... the people who don't want the unification the group that don't want the unification uh, you know they're pretty good as well so and you've got the odd action scenes and you've got a lot of running around and you've got a lot of yeah i think goings on yeah it's not it's not really it's not really the best toes so you, you <laughs> did read it right i mean in fact i would say i'd start maybe it's just because the, the start of it was so good so so far the credits at the beginning were really the good. credit at the beginning that that went i mean that would be the credits at the beginning would get would get like really really high yeah right just for the credits that bit that had been short lasted maybe i don't know five minutes yeah that would i was like yes oh this is good you know because what i mean they show yeah, maps and they show you, and you know grabs you, you and it's like and then and then is it a bit like is it a bit like nice actions is it a bit like what for me is the height of the film that starts off strong and then as the ca- film carries on it's like watching a piece of fruit go bad which is terminator genesis that film for me is the height of that. Like, it starts to be like, oh, this might be all right. Yeah. Oh, this might, this might be yeah. going a lot. Oh, wait, wait, what's happening? Wait, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, it ended. Oh, oh crap. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. That's oh, it. Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> yeah. It, end, it ends with, um, you know, it's it's like, yeah, it was exactly that, Tozen. Starts off, nice premise, looks good. Yeah. And then it just went long, dull, boring. The odd bits of action here and there. Not sure if it wanted to be a romance. Didn't oh, the acting dear. was bad? Yeah. So oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give this one a 
two star, I guess. Oh no, two star, two star. What a way to end a show! What a way to end a show after it's so good. I'm sure you knew something there. Yeah. So we successfully. So I. Sure, we have successfully made a 2017 blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have made a 2017 yeah. blockbuster. It has given you the kind of ending that you absolutely hate. So <laughs> yes. It does. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Big, big, big letdown. Big letdown. But never mind. I think the worst thing as well is it was recommended to me. Oh. Yeah. By somebody. So, well, by never, somebody who's never trust them. Well, is is it by somebody well, just... who, whose whose opinion you have you valued? No, not really. It was someone pretty <laughs> random because I was we were talking about Korean movies, and someone said, "Oh, I watched you like the Wolf Brigade." I thought, "Oh, okay then." So I talk. It's really, really strange. Yeah, he's like a, never listen written. to them again. No, I won't. Well, I will, but I mean, it is funny, isn't it? Because you recommend it's people, all maybe subjective. Liked it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think Speak- he was a bit. Oh, I think he was. I think the guy I spoke to was a bit like the Ted Danson character, though, that you were talking about <laughs> because um, because he only remembers films when he's like. <laughs> oh, he says to me, I said, I said, oh, have you seen so and so film? He goes, hmm, I think I might have, but I can't remember if I have or not. So, so yeah, so, so, and I think he just spends his time when he does say the films, he goes, oh, this is a good film. Uh, what was it? What was it? Was that a good film? I thought, oh, I can't remember. He said, so, yeah, so, so, but anyway, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enough said. Enough said about Sean's friend's extracurricular activities. The less said about that, the better. So yeah, definitely. So oh, um, <laughs> oh. Uh, speaking about Korean movies, you know, I was talking about my brother and how, like, for him, something has to blow up and he has to have a happy ending. So he was, sure. like, he was like, I don't want to watch any any film that uh, essentially the kind of film that you know, the kind of film with an ending that makes you think about life. That is not my brother's cup of tea. He's he's not gonna. <laughs> he doesn't want to watch that. And um, so I rec- and so I started going through like you know Korean action movies and I recommended the Villainess to him. Oh, that's see now that's great. That's a good movie. Yeah, that Top is, movie. I, I think you know, the the Villainess. I think it's a great film, but I feel like the it, I think the first five minutes of the film are just kind of like they throw you into it, and it's like head and shoulders above the rest of the film, quite frankly. And, yeah, yeah. And my brother, he so he he started watching, and he was texting me as he was watching. He was like, "Oh my god, what? Why have I never heard of this film?" <laughs> <laughs> Although, Sean, remember how when we watched it, we were worried that we might be we might be inadvertently racist because yeah, yeah yes, because yeah. there were characters in it that we had trouble telling apart. <laughs> yes, yes. Apparently, indeed, it's indeed. not it's not just us. My brother had the same problem, and everybody I know who's watched this film has had the same problem. And it makes me wonder. I need to watch this film with a Korean person to figure out if this is actually something that they just messed up in the filmmaking and picked. And they didn't make it clear who was who, because I think there's some flashbacks in the film that you're really not sure what the heck's going on. And mm. uh, but um, so I'm on a I'm on a job I'm on a job to find a Korean person and say, all right, please watch this film and tell me, did you get confused as well? Because then I'll find out whether I am actually inadvertently racist or not. <laughs> but I'll leave you out of this, Sean. I'll leave you out of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all that's left to do this week is to tell you who won. And oh, it's quite a high-scoring week, so it's it, going to be close. It was a high-scoring week. It was close. There were a couple of rounds where it was dead even, where both of where like you know both Netflix and cinema were bringing it. And then Sean, you were about to say something. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I probably Wolf brought Brigade it right down. Just yeah, might have, sunk might have killed Netflix. it. <laughs> sunk Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Wolf Sorry. Brigade did it in, in oh, a high-scoring week of three points. Let's see, we had three point seven, three, three, three point two five, four, four, four. 
two. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> so the winner this week is cinema. It's gotta be cinema, hey. isn't it? Yay! Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, the winner this week is cinema. Is good because it's, it's been a couple of weeks since then, and hopefully we will be back next week when we should hopefully have Holly, who will tell us the London thing. Like, it tells us, oh, it's great living in London. You get to see films that nobody else does, and tell us hey. about. <laughs> and she'll she'll get to tell us about the farewell and tell us like what she thought about that. But until that time, all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me too. Yes, and Super Fan Nina, hope you're happy now. There's three of us back. Three is the magic number. Yay. There. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>